right? Our outer reality is a reflection of our internal reality. So if we feel like we're unworthy or if we feel like we're anxious or if we feel like we're stressed or if we feel like we distrust men because of something that happened or we've been brokenhearted by other women in our past, guess what's going to continue to repeat itself inside of your life to show you this is how graceful God is. This is how graceful life is. This is how graceful our evolutionary intelligence is. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm with Justin Mahaley, and I am joined by yet another Justin today. Justin Tristeau comes on, and we chat about why can't men please women in bed, as the title says. Now, we dive into why Justin's been celibate for five years. This story is absolutely incredible. How we live 90% in our mind, 10% in our bodies, and that is causing a sexual disconnect with our partners. We're going to talk about the fear of commitment, what true masculinity looks like, and how we can step into that power as men, and also how women can step into their masculine energy as well. We talk about how women have never been pleased in bed and men have never been pleased in bed and the effect that pornography has on that. It is really intense conversation. You guys are in for an amazing episode and a wealth of knowledge. Please check the show notes to follow Justin. And if you love the Girl Die podcast, it would help me a ton. If you left us a five star and you shared it on your Instagram, so please do that. All it does is help me continue to bring on higher caliber guests and up the production of the podcast. Get ready. I'll see you inside. Justin Tristow, you have an Instagram post that sums you up pretty perfectly to me. It's from August 24th. It went, them. What do you do for a living? You. I am raising the vibration of humanity. So I was coming up with this podcast, Justin, the points I want to discuss with you. And as I dive deeper and deeper into your stuff, Instagram, Twitter, I continually found more resonance with exactly what you said. You're your wealth of knowledge, your outlook on life, masculine, feminine, uh, it's golden. And I knew when I became familiar with your work, I was like, I got to get this guy on here. You're a master of breath work. You're a promoter of healthy masculinity. You're the founder of the freedom experience, which I want to make sure we chat about throughout this podcast. Yet more than all, I find that you just have a heightened sense of emotional intellect. And that's what I want to chat about the most today. So Justin, welcome to the Grower Die podcast, man. Thank you, my brother. It's great to be here. Great to, great to be on this podcast and open up the dialogue. So I want to start with a very deep-rooted belief that I have. I hate dating apps. I think dating apps are really weak. And I think that um, I live in Austin, Texas. So this is also coming from a privileged place to be where anytime I walk my dog, you pass, you know, 15 rather qualified individuals who look to be solid partners, right? Um, I think dating apps have completely taken the emotional connection and intellectual connection away from the first parts of the dating process. And it's just like all thrown into like, what can you do for me now? And like, how do you look? Justin, what's your thoughts on dating apps? 
Beautiful, bro. I, lo- I love that we're starting off on the deep end. It means that we're going to get into yes. some good conversations. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can approach this, this sort of question in two ways. I can approach it from personal experience as well as just research that I have from other men and women that I work with. Personally, when I was, I'm 28 now, but when I was 19, 20, I was also on the Tinder and those dating apps. Mm-hmm. And personally, from my perspective, I was on those dating apps in a very superficial way. Like you said, I would see a woman's looks and or what she can do for me and then immediately try to transition into some sort of dialogue to get her in bed, you know, in full transparency. And I find that a lot of my friends that are on the dating apps nowadays or clients that I work with, they're approaching it from a place of what I would call codependency. And what I mean by that is they're trying to seek for some type of void to be filled Uh, from someone else. And I believe if you start any relationship off from that space of codependency, eventually, whether it's a week, whether it's a few days, whether it's a few months, eventually that void that you are struggling to feel inside of yourself will present itself um, in, in a plethora of different ways. So I just find that dating apps, unless you have a real true intention to actually connect with someone at a real intimate and deep level, I find that it can be very... Um, it could be much more distracting than helpful for most people. And most importantly, you know, you kind of spoke about the whole vibration thing and energy. I find that a high percentage of people that are on those dating apps are probably seeking for um, superficial connection and or one night stands or kind of, you know, connected to the whole hookup culture, which, you know, like you mentioned, it's just something that if someone wants to get in a true, intimate, connected relationship, that's probably not the best place to turn in many ways, you know? You said codependency presents itself throughout the relationship. If that's a fundamental part of why X person is seeking Y as a partner, I very much so agree. Could you talk about what does that manifestation look like when it starts seeping into the relationship? I'm assuming this is kind of after that honeymoon phase is over. Yeah, I think the, you know, the definition of codependency in my eyes and in my heart is depending on someone else to fill a void that you've struggled to feel inside of yourself. So eventually when he or she triggers you at some point in time in the near future inside, after that honeymoon phase is done, then you are left with a lack of self-love and self-awareness that potentially you've never dealt with inside of yourself, which is why you see the tendency of a man or a woman getting out of a relationship maybe taking a week and then hopping right back into another relationship. And there's this quote that I, that I heard one time. It's like some of the most weakest people are the individuals that get from that leave one relationship and hop into another one almost immediately because what's actually occurring psychologically inside of their brain and body and in their biology is they're coming face to face with that codependency shadow pattern. And they want every, they want to do everything in their power to not actually come face to face with that cycle or that pattern that they've been repeating their entire life in many ways, which is very, very deep because they come to the heart of all of their shadows or their fears or their anxieties. I would like to share some personal experience I have with this situation. I was a very codependent partner. Um, I'm 30 now. Um, around my later stage of 28 is when it really started breaking. So this is still something I'm currently working through. And one of the reasons I'm currently not romantically involved, I had a partner from 18 to about 27 all the way through Mm. consistent that entire time. Obviously that's 
very inconducive and you're just hopping and you're just, you know, going around. I probably had actual romantic relationships with seven or eight people in that time frame. At some point, I came face to face with, wow, you have done the same thing in every single one of these relationships. It gets a little bit boring where you leave the honeymoon phase and you start looking for out, outward validation to come in, fill this void, make you feel better. Now you're out with the old, you're in with the new, and you're just disrupting people's lives and energetic patterns in a really toxic manner for your own self validation that you're only able to achieve that one way. I came face to face with this, became aware of this. That's a really, really challenging and difficult place to be. There's likely folks listening to this podcast right now who are in a similar position. Justin, what would you tell them to do right now to break the codependency cycle and be able to stand on their own two feet by themselves? It, it all comes down to awareness, bro. And, and, you know, for me, just to be transparent, since you were transparent about your story, I was one of those guys, which I don't speak about very often, which I'm not afraid to, but I would also be that guy that would hop from partner to partner and or from relationship to relationship or from a sexual partner to a sexual partner. And what I found just through my research within my own self is a lot of men have this deep fear of commitment. So they reject the other partner, let's just say a woman in this case, before that they can reject them. And mm -hmm. it's a huge theme in a, in a, a deep shadow pattern. So Ultimately, when it comes down to any shadow pattern in life, it's awareness that breaks that pattern. It's the awareness that assists you in healing and or letting go and or choosing a new habit by breaking the habit of being that old self, right? That self that you're, that you're yearning to um, evolve beyond. But if you don't have the awareness there, which is what I feel humanity is lacking in these moments, that deep self-awareness, then you'll never actually be able to arrive at that place that you once arrived at to actually look at yourself in the mirror and say, wow, Justin, I've been doing this for the last six years. And this behavior has led me to the same experiences with the same people doing the same thing, feeling the same emotions, uh, firing, wiring those same thoughts that lead to the same cyclical pattern. So I think that when you suffer to a degree that you just have no other choice, but to you know, that's what happened to me. It's like, I, I was just tired and bored of that same cyclical nature. So I began to, to focus less of my attention and energy on the outer world, whether that was women, whether that was money, whether that was success, whether it was all of these things. And these things aren't bad necessarily, but I began to focus that energy deeper inside of my own life, my own body, my own relationship that I had with self. And I find that it's when someone actually has the courage to do that, then they're entering into the realms of change or, or real transformation. And this transformation is not coming from the head anymore. It's coming from the heart and the body. And that's when I feel like a man or a woman begins to experience um, illumination in many ways. Illumination meaning they just begin to actually sense a, a deeper purpose to their life. You know, And from that point, they get to make new choices, new decisions that lead to new relationships, that lead to new feelings, new behaviors, and their entire life gets transformed from that point. Beautifully said. Fear of commitment. You brought up fear of commitment. 
this very much so seems to be more of a masculine thing than a feminine thing. I know there's some relatively recent research. I should have included it in my uh, show breakdown here discussing what we all already know. Men want to have more sexual partners in their lifetime than women want to have. On a fundamental level, Justin, I would like to hear you break this down in your terms. I've broken it down previously for grow or die in my terms. I would like you to take this fear of commitment and that research and do with it what you will for us. <laughs> it's interesting, brother, because I feel like I'm still knee deep inside of that research and I still mm -hmm. come to conclusions that I still fall short of understanding why we continue to do these things, uh, which is why I've been fascinated from a young age at uh, really just being aware and conscious of human behavior. Um, you know, human behavior is an interesting phenomena. But to go back to your question, you know, I think people fear commitment. Uh, specifically the masculine fears commitment because it's the, in that moment that they put their heart on the line. And in this culture that we experience, I mean, the videos that I see from women cheating on men and these, these different things that are programming our minds and our hearts and our bodies that lead to distrust and division and separation. I mean, it's very difficult to walk into this world and commit to an individual with the past programming and the hurt and the pain that has been caused from both genders and both sexes. And that's, that's the clashing of the sexes that has been going on for centuries you know, if, if not eons. And I think that what we're really seeking in this moment is to open our heart up to each other. And this is where that emotional intellect or that emotional intelligence comes into play that you were mentioning that most men fight me for, because if you, if you want to play that game, keep playing that game. And, uh, you know, I, I was one of the greater manipulators of, of women, which most people don't know. I mean, I, I know women's psyche very well, and I can very easily enter into that realm and make her believe everything that I'm saying through my words alone. I played the game. Uh, I just I was very tired of hurting women's opening their hearts without no intention of loving them. And that's a process that each man has to go through in their own time. I don't know how to facilitate someone through that. I think it's just deep suffering and the pain and allowing yourself to feel um, that, uh, that, that, that really breaks that through for a man. But to go back to what you're saying, you know, I feel like, you know, a man has to go through a process to understand that commitment in anything that he does is actually the key to what he's seeking to feel inside. And that commitment can be in a relationship. It can be the commitment to his purpose. It can be the commitment to being a great father. It can be a commitment to his body, right? His physicality and, and making sure that he's not putting shit in his body. Uh, it can be the commitment to not listen to the bullshit that's on the news and all these things. But it's that commitment that actually brings him the vitality and the, the energy that he seeks. Now, when it comes down to relationships and relationship with the feminine or women in general, that's where things begin to get interesting because it's in that moment, in that relationship, that he actually has the greatest opportunity to then experience what an open heart truly feels like. Because to put your heart on the line in that scenario and still be compassionate and be open and sort of just kind of lean into that deep love, that's the greatest. I mean, I get chills, bro, because I think that most men don't understand that that's the greatest commitment that he can ever make. For 
women to feel vulnerable with a man. It takes the man to give them safety, security. The man needs to show a little bit of vulnerability as well. For a female to get that out of a man, I firmly believe there's a level of respect. All of the love in the world won't get it. All of the safety and security in the world won't get it. All of the sex in the world won't get it. It's respect. I feel I came to this conclusion seeing so many relationships that I look up to and so many relationships that I look at like, oh my God, I would never once in my life ever entertain that. I also came to this conclusion, Justin, because I'm going to be honest with you. When I see a man and a woman in a relationship and the woman's wearing the pants of the relationship and the woman is taking the lead and the woman is the one driving the relationship. I look at the man like you don't respect yourself and that's why she doesn't respect you because a feminine energy that respects a masculine energy wants to lift that up nearly on a pedestal, shine a spotlight on it and allow it to flourish. And he is drowning himself in this low vibration, low energetic output, low achieving state where there's no self-respect, there's no dominance and assertiveness shown towards the women, which women want to be led. Women in their nature need to be led. And men want to be led as well. That's typically more by mentors like someone we view as greater than that we can aspire to be. There are a lot of relationships going on now and not a single one of them that I know, not that I know everyone in the world, I know a good bit of people. I look at these relationships where the woman is wearing the pants and I'm like, sir, you are fucking pathetic. (laughs) What do you think about that? I mean, I love what you're saying, bro. And and we, I'd, I'd be happy to unpack a lot of what we're sharing together because a lot of men follow my work. I mean, I have 80% women that follow me and 20% men just to give you a frame. And I think that the reason for that is because men, when they listen to my content, they think that I disagree with what you're sharing. When in fact, I, I'm very passionate about what you're sharing because my, Mm -hmm. my parents' relationship was the epitome of what you just mentioned right now. My, my mother was kind of had the the metaphorical pants in the relationship. And my father Mm -hmm. never quite really understood from my perspective, how to step into that masculine core, how to lead Mm her. And, and, and it's crazy because it's in, it's through that lack of true masculinity, that, that deep strength, that, that ability to trust that direction that the man holds that she surrenders into. It's actually that, that, that provides a level of safety for her. And if she doesn't feel that core stability inside of a man, then she has no other choice in the realm of this duality than to step into the masculine energy, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what you're speaking to. And I think that a lot of men are becoming hyper-feminine in many ways, when in truth, they're actually seeking the expression of their deep power. Now, I'll kind of play devil's advocate for a moment because I feel like, you know, the word dominance, I feel from the masculine side has been abused for many, many, many years in business. Uh, I feel like there's still a lot of deep inequality that has yet to be surfaced and spoke about and reconciled. So, you know, I can already hear the women on, on my side speaking about, you know, this, this inequality stuff and, you know, there's no true equality unless we rise with you guys, so on and so forth. And I think that there's also a truth to that because, you know, I think that for many years, men have abused that power 
And I think that we need to begin to redefine what power truly means coming from a man and how that is established and how one can connect to that and actually live with it in the world so that he can become a healthy presence and more than a healthy presence, a balanced presence in the world. Um, because if you're lacking either of them and you're just in your masculine core, which I see a lot of men in, you're going to not truly understand how to relate to the feminine. And that's going to result in her um, not respecting or supporting you, as you mentioned, um, in many ways. And that's what leads to divorce and cheating. Or, you know, I get a lot of women that come to me that, that are not happy in their relationships with a man because they're, they're hyper-masculine. And um, that also doesn't work, you know, the two extremes. So I'll pass that back to you. But those are, those are things to speak on, you know? Can you chat about hyper-masculine in a and what should be a feminine, a hyper feminine energy when it has to become hyper masculine. We talked a little bit earlier and you made a comment about like the genders, you know, going he uh, head on towards each other, like almost in a competitive manner, which I think can be very healthy. Um, that's the way we get growth. Um, having the competitive, the, the competitive manner, we can both drive, you know, a uh, feminine and masculine can, can both drive up. Um, Inside of a female, at her core, she would prefer to be highlighted for her feminine. I'm surrounded by a lot of females that have heightened masculine due to, I mean, I'm surrounded by women who compete in bodybuilding, surrounded by high achieving entrepreneurs who are females, surrounded by high achieving podcasters who are females. And these are all very masculine ventures. Every one of them has communicated with me about how they do feel hypermasculine and they want a man to come in and highlight their feminine, pull that out of them. Um, this is getting a little bit long before I pass it to you. There, there was a, uh, I met up with a, a female friend two nights ago. Um, we were having a drink together. She said she's lived in Austin about a year. She has not yet found a man who can highlight her feminine energy and allow her to be in it. She is a bisexual woman. So she's had many more positive experiences with females where she's the masculine energy. And with a male, she wants to be the feminine energy. And she's not had many positive experiences here in achieving that. It goes back to the hyper femininity that I believe we are seeing from men. And I, you're, you're stating that as well. There's an, a final component to this before I wrap this back. You said the term true masculinity, and to me, true masculinity is a man that's very comfortable with the femininity, his feminine energy, a man who is very, and there's little things that I do for this. I would love to hear what you do for your feminine energy, like uh, my my meditation time, like my journaling time. I dance, I, um, I put on Alexa. Um, I got night when I'm done working and I like dance around like my house and stuff. Um, I take very good hygienic care of myself. Um, I like being very well lined up and like looking a little bit, well, as pretty as I can possibly be <laughs> in the face. Um, I often will get like Botox and things like that, which just make me feel 
more balanced with my feminine energy. There's some people who might be listening to the podcast the first time. You can tell by my voice. There's not a lot of feminine energy. This has been a this has been a battle. Um, I've been very consciously aware for the last two years about increasing this my my feminine. So there's a couple parts to this question. Number one, the battle of genders. And what it, with this, what's going on in hyper-masculine females, maybe what can we do to help them? And number two, you're a man who is insecure in his feminine energy, which is keeping you from being the most masculine man you can be. What do we do? I'll approach the first one. I mean, I, I think it's important to take into consideration that a lot of women are under the conclusion or the... A thought process that they've been suppressed and repressed for a long time. And as a result of this evolutionary cycle, women have had to almost balance the scales by the system that we have fundamentally is not, in my opinion, um, beneficial for a woman that is just a woman that stays at home and, um, Right, like is 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 capable of dropping into that feminine energy per se to be soft and nurturing, that mother-like energy that most women crave. I think we're interest, entering into an interesting time on a, a, a microcosm basis, like a, a larger or a microcosm basis, like on a larger collective level that we need need to begin to pick apart. So I think that these women that you're speaking of that are hyper masculine had no other choice but to survive, to step into these leadership roles as women. And I don't see anything necessarily wrong with that. I just find that I think when they try to seek for a relationship and surrender to a man in that feminine essence, they struggle. And they struggle because they've been programming themselves mentally, emotionally, and physically inside of their brain and body to operate from this hyper-masculinity. So when it comes down to surrendering into a man's presence, it's actually extremely difficult because they've never actually sat with themselves deeply enough because their life doesn't actually model an opportunity to drop into their body, to feel into their heart, to begin to connect to that essence uh, that we all crave to feel as men inside of women, to be nourished, to be supported, to feel loved. It's very much like a rose. You know, when a woman is in her feminine essence and not rigid in the masculine, she emanates this fragrance. And it's that fragrance that calls her to us um, in many ways. And, and just like a flower that emanates um, fragrance that then attracts the insects, just like that, the woman, well, woman in her radiance also has that. What I begin to, to, to experience a lot of the times with women that struggle with this is when they're in that hyper masculinity, they're like a rock. And um, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the presence of a woman like that, it's, it's kind of hard to relate because we're just clashing heads. Um, so to have a sexual relationship in that way, like business, that's okay. Cause I could be with a woman that's hyper successful and we can like like, it's cool. Like we can just, mm -hmm. we can enter into great dialogue and invent great things and have great ideas. Like there's beauty to that. But if you try to enter into a sexual relationship without that polarity there, it's going to be very difficult to relate to each other on an intimate level. And I think that that's what we're actually seeing now is that that struggle. So those women struggle to find men because they struggle to surrender to the femininity, uh, which is the last thing they, most women want to hear unless they're accepting of what I'm saying in many ways fascinating surrendering to their femininity how can we practice that how can women practice that well and men how can we all practice this 
it's different for both. It's different for both. You know, I, I work with women a lot and I find that women, they need to begin to get out of their head. Uh, like, let me just break this down for, for a minute for men or women that are listening that don't know what masculine or feminine is. Uh, the greatest way to say it is that the masculine is the brain, the feminine is the heart, right? The ma masculine is the brain, the feminine is the heart. And we have both energies inside of ourselves. So when we say masculine and feminine, we're not talking about male and female. We're talking about these energies. Another way to say it is the masculine is the discipline side of us. And then the feminine is the surrender, right? The masculine is this ability to create and the feminine is the ability to nurture. Uh, the, the masculine is the ability to act. The feminine is this essence of being present and, and soft, right? So anyone that wants to connect to that more feminine essence must begin to practice um, presence, you know, like being able to sit with themselves, to sit with their emotions, to begin to connect again with their heart. A lot of people are operating from survival energies, which are these lower centers inside of us in the belly and the sacral. And we get lost in our desires. We get lost in the lust. We get lost in the, the, the pursuit of money, the pursuit of success. And these are all survival centers. And when you're surviving, um, the equivalent of surviving to us now is money. Back then it would be running from a dinosaur or some type of animal that was going to kill us. So if we're consistently in survival mode and we're constantly in that stressful state, we don't have an opportunity to open our heart because we're running from something. We're trying to survive. We're trying to, to, to save our energy. And the opposite is happening nowadays because there's no real threat in the outer world like we would imagine. And I feel like to begin to, to, to drop into that feminine essence that we all have is to surrender again to the heart. And when one begins to surrender into the heart, their, everything they create from that point is, um, woven with that level of love or compassion or creativity, uh, balance, equanimity. And I think that more and more people, men and women in the business, I come from a business background. So a lot of business is, is operating from a, a greedy space, you know, cause we've forgotten the feminine. We've forgotten this ecological humanity that we're all interwoven. We're all interconnected. This is, this is a feminine understanding of life. This is a left-hand path. Right. And we're missing that in the world in many ways. So but to, to answer your question more practically, you know, meditation, breath work, being able to connect with yourself, dancing. Um, there's a lot of different practices to assist someone in dropping out of the mind and, and getting into the body. And that's that's really what it comes down to is we're operating 90 percent of our day in our mind. And if we're not able to connect to the body, which is now proven scientifically where the intelligence is actually held, then we'll never begin to understand what we're truly here for. We'll just continue to operate from our will rather than the will of the intelligence that's inside of us, which is kind of beginning to tap into more of a spiritual understanding of life. Um, but yeah, there's, there's many facets mm -hmm. of that. I'm going to say something. You tell me your thoughts. Becoming a more spiritually enlightened individual is going to allow you to step into both energies and have a greater discernment between them. Do you agree or disagree? Bro, I mean, there's no better way to say it. And these things are so simplified, you know, outside of mm -hmm. my, my pursuit and passion and purpose in this world is to allow the individual to awaken to themselves. Because when an individual begins to awaken to themselves and balance that energy within them, then they can enter into a partnership with a male, a female. It doesn't matter if it's romantic, sexually, it can just be a friendship. But there's this 
equality, not equality in the way that we've defined it in the Webster dictionary, but equality as a feeling. And you can be with a woman, you can honor her, you can respect her, you can see her as not just an object or a toy or something to dominate. You can see her as that rose and you can, you can respect her and love her with that, that essence. And the same thing is true for a woman. It's like, there's so many women that backlash a lot of the things that I say when I'm going against, you know, hyperfeminism. But it's like if, if you're able to cultivate that deep level of connection with yourself, you would understand both sides. And I think that that's what the world is actually ultimately seeking for right now is that deep understanding. And I think that when we're able to get to that place inside of ourselves through inner work, through self-awareness, through these different practices, like you mentioned, kind of spiritually connecting to ourselves beyond just the, the material then I think that that's when we begin to enter into a deeper level of relating with others. And that's what it comes down to. It's an individual process uh, for, 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 for most people. I'm about to give everyone a huge cheat code to get a partner that you're actually seeking and desiring. Put in a ridiculous amount of work on your spiritual self. What's interesting? You go into the gym, you get a gym membership, you're out of shape. It's going to take you, you know, a lot longer to get into a desirable physique. Or if you don't love your level of intelligence on a certain subject, it's going to take you a lot longer to increase your intelligence to a place where you're satisfied with it. When you really allow yourself to work on your spiritual, it happens fast. The progression comes very, very, very quickly because... You know, it's not dissimilar from building a physique. It's an all day thing. You can't just, once you buy into it and you start seeing the progression, it's not just a before bed thing or an early in the morning thing or a late afternoon thing or an after work thing. All day you're spiritual and you're spiritually connected and you realize it throughout the day. Like I'm walking Peyton at six in the morning and the sun is coming up and I am literally connected to that sun and to the way it's shining on the water. Um, I'm connected to the person that's walking next to me. I'm connected to this tree that's blowing. And there's some people that might not have any spiritual connection. And that's where I was 12 months ago. They're listening to this podcast. Like, dude, this dude's out of his fucking mind. What, what ayahuasca trip did he go on? Well, zero psychedelics have been taken in my spiritual journey. Um, with the psychedelics were taken before I was on the spiritual journey. So there was a massive disconnect that was happening there. This is simply <laughs> journaling meditating, being unbelievably mindful, being unbelievably present, really watching the energetic interactions I have with people. Justin, there's a fascinating feedback loop in our body that happens when we are in situations or around people that we should not be. Your body, your nervous system responds and you don't feel well and you feel drained and like you leave the conversation like tired you just, you almost feel like you got a little bit sick, like not like sick, like I'm a throw up or not like a cold sick, like your body just feels a little bit ill. People will commonly just neglect that and like act like it's not there. They might also not feel it because they don't have the spirituality alignment within themselves. But you're listening to this and you know, you don't need to take my advice. I have admitted on this podcast, I'm single. I also will admit that I have the greatest dating history of anyone uh, uh, that has ever lived, in my opinion, in terms of the quality of women. Like all of my previous relationships are were incredible. The women were amazing. 
the everything was amazing. It was a me thing. If you become spiritually aligned with yourself and spiritually heightened, you will guaranteed attract a much more higher caliber partner than you are right now. That spiritual connection talks. And also, Justin, it resonates in bed too. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, it goes deep, bro. I mean, I, I can simplify that for people even, even at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen this on a post that you, that you shared in your story today. You know, mm-hmm. our, our outer world is a reflection of our internal reality, right? Our outer reality is a reflection of our internal reality. So if we feel like we're unworthy or if we feel like we're anxious or if we feel like we're stressed or if we feel like we distrust men because of something that happened or we've been brokenhearted by other women in our past, guess what's going to continue to repeat itself inside of your life to show you this is how graceful God is. This is how graceful life is. This is how graceful our evolutionary intelligence is. This, 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 let's just say life, life will continue to present to you those partners, those relationships in business, romantically, um, relationships are a mirror. So if there's a broken part of you or a, an unreconciled aspect inside of you, best believe that that woman or man that gets attracted into your field will be the mirror that you've unconsciously been seeking to reconcile some part of you. Um, and that woman or man will be a mirror for you in that moment. And this comes back down to transitioning from victimhood to freedom, which is what I'm interested in. You know, you stop pointing the fingers as you just so beautifully mentioned right now. It was not a them problem. It was a me problem. And I think that we're living in a world where we would rather point, blame and complain other people, other places, other things for what's actually occurring inside of here. And it's in that moment that you have the awareness as you're referencing as spirituality. I can even just break that down for people that don't like that word or have the past with it. Spirituality is being aware. And when you're aware, mm. you're spiritual. And when you're, when you're able to cultivate that level of awareness inside of yourself, no thought, no feeling, no emotion, no behavior or action, most of the time won't get past that level of awareness. And the more that you're able to flex that muscle, just like you were in the gym, or working on some part of your body, you work on that the same way you're working on your level of awareness, you will begin to walk through the world with a heightened sense of presence in everything that you do. You know, you, I can't move my finger anymore without being aware that that's me moving my finger, you know? So, so how can you, how could you do anything out of alignment with, um, with what feels best for you when you're, when you're able to cultivate that level of awareness? And this is the whole This is the whole intention behind meditation. Meditation is nothing more but to become familiar with. And when you become familiar with yourself, then your life beams with presence. And when you beam with presence, you have an opportunity to become the co-creator or the creator of your life. And you have an opportunity to attract that caliber of a relationship um, alongside many other things. You know, your health, your business, you begin to prosper in many other different ways. Your purpose, your service to the world. You get to choose who you want to be in this life. And, and, and that's when things get interesting. Really beautifully stated. I know there's a lot of people that are scared of the whole word meditation. And I hope that we get to come back and and touch on that a little bit. It's been a recurring theme on the podcast of late, but I want to transition to a comment you made earlier, 90% in our mind, 10% in our body. That's how we're living right now. Justin, is this why men can't please women in bed? (laughs) 
they can't get out of their head. They don't have an actual connection with their body. And this is different than training a muscle at the gym. This is way, way, way different than that. Why can men not please women in bed? That's such a great question, bro. I mean, it, it comes down to that presence, you know, like for me, every one of my sexual relations was completely in the mind. And I, I would probably assume that the woman maybe didn't notice because she was in this kind of like, yeah, like superficial relating as well. But when you begin to learn how to be present with yourself, and this comes back to the breath, which is what I'm passionate about. If you're present with your breath, you're present with someone else. And when it comes down to, to being in bed with a woman or a man, depending if you're a man or a woman listening to this, if you guys are both connected to your breath, then you're both connected to each other's emotions. When you're both connected to each other's emotions, you're connected to each other's thoughts. And when you're connected to each other's thoughts, those three things begin to merge. And this is where people begin to experience profound breakthroughs in the bedroom with each other is because you're actually operating sexually from a place of intimacy. And intimacy isn't just having sex and penetration and coming and orgasming and climaxing. It's actually, there's something beautiful about being in the presence of each other. And there's a merging that begins to happen. And it's a deep spiritual kind of process that begins to occur. So yes, absolutely. I feel like the reason why men struggle to actually please women is because they lack that level of presence. And presence actually... Um, it, 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 it equates to breath, you know, breath equates to presence. And when you have that level of presence, it's very hard to not please anyone because you're, you are them. You actually merge with them to some, at, at the higher states, you begin to merge with that individual. And, um, I think that that's what a lot of us are seeking that, that level of connection, but we actually mistake it to be, uh, just like a sexual encounter in many ways, but we're actually seeking that, that presence and that connection. We just have never been taught what that feels like or looks like or how to even cultivate that connection. When you're present with your breath, you're present with someone else. Can, can we just dive in deeper a little bit on that? I know you gave a good description there. I am trying to think my, my background's very physiology based and focus. So there's like this science side of me. And then there's like the spiritual side of me that are constantly, you know, jabbing back and forth. I'm trying to just better understand that when you're present with your breath, you're present with someone else. Yeah. It's a, it's a deep, it's a deep knowing in many ways, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like if you've ever connected, you know, I facilitate breathwork for, for a living per se as a, as a passion. Mm -hmm. And there's this moment inside of these breathwork facilitation where no music is happening and we're all laying down. We're all breathing at the same pace, the same rhythm. And I've had these times where there's, you feel like a wave. Everyone is breathing in that same pattern. It's very similar to the brain waves. It's like you're in beta. It's this very fast sort of brain wave and you're in the mind and you begin to transition to theta. And then you begin to transition to alpha. And the more that you work with your breath, the more that the brain begins to become coherent. The same thing happens with each other's breath and each other's body and each other's emotions. So when, you, when you're able to breathe with each other, it's almost like your brainwaves begin to match each other and there's this coherence energetically. Some people call it an aura. Some people call it an energetic field, which has been proven by science at this point that we have a field around our body. It's electromagnetic. We are electromagnetic beings. So when you merge with someone in that way through being present with each other, you begin to, to share each other's aura at the deepest level. Your, your electro field begins to merge with each other. This is why... When you go to retreats or when you're in the presence of other people doing deep spiritual work, 
that's why there's so much heightened energy to be uh, to be used for transformation is because you guys are literally merging each other's energetic fields. And if you're in the field of love and if you're in the field of presence and you're not judging, you're not being shameful of yourself in the bedroom, you're not focusing about your, your private parts or like these different things that you're, that you're shameful of and you're in that energy of love, that begins to heighten inside of both of you guys and that energy begins to take over you and you begin to almost work together as one in many ways. It's the same thing. Nature is very similar in this, you know, nature, nature is, it just, it just happens, you know, when you get out of the way of it. And I think that that's the game for us humans is we've actually developed the neocortex, which is in charge of our thinking brain. And it's, it's been developed evolutionary by God for some reason, but it actually inhibits us from connecting with each other at a deep level, which is why we experience this, this, this uh, division in the world today. Cause we're lacking this, we're lacking this. You know, you bring up a fascinating point. You talk about focusing on your private parts and things in the bedroom. It's funny. Women don't care that much. Assuming it's not like a micro penis. Women (laughs) don't care that much about like the size. They definitely care a lot about the connection. They obviously like, of course, like it's very helpful to have an understanding of um, the anatomy of a uh, vagina that can certainly help. If you're a man and you're wondering like, how can I get better at sex today? Definitely understand the anatomy of a, uh, of a vagina. Definitely understand everything we're talking about here with the connection to spirituality and emotion, vulnerability. There's a disconnect in men though, because men are so focused on the physical nature of sex. I believe a lot of this is due to pornography. I have an interesting background with pornography. Most folks would never believe that I've never once in my life watched pornography for pleasure. Back in high school, we had a browser's account that was like going, that was shared like amongst a bunch of, uh, of us jocks and you know, whatever. And the only times I'd watched that is when there was a bunch of us together, we fucking threw it on. We're fucking 15 year old boys. And it was like the comedy segments of it where like, they like meet the random girl on the street. And then all of a sudden 30 minutes later for 500 bucks, she's like getting fucked in the back of a van. And it's like, you know, all caught on tape. Right. It's like, that's hilarious. Like that was funny. I think pornography downright is, is, probably the weakest thing that a man can partake in, in my opinion. Um, Not everyone's going to like this opinion. That's okay with me. I put it up there with like vaping. Sorry if you vape, but I think vape is really fucking weak. Um, You don't strike me as someone who vapes. (laughs) So um, I, for men's desires, it makes the realm of sex completely unrealistic and unreasonable because the, they don't understand the things, the pharmacology at play here. Like, yeah, that guy has a 10 inch dick because they're injecting it with a certain f- pharmacology that I won't promote on my podcast. That's adding like a lot of girth to it here. Like, and he's able to hold it for so long because of again, more pharmacology and like the woman, she's just a paid actor, a really well-paid actor. So she's acting like she like really enjoys this, but there's no connection. There's nothing actually going on there. And then men get into the bedroom and they're like, well, you know, I saw or like their, their subconscious is like, she's not, pleasing me 
the way that I saw that woman in that video please that man. So she's not the one, but men don't have enough awareness of body and spirit to be able to communicate their desires. I also think there's like a lot of taboo about communicating your desires with your sexual partner. And like, that's the greatest sign of respect you can show someone in my opinion. Um, pornography is absolute trash for men. The issue is I'm about to be a complete oxymoron and say, I think for women, it's like kind of a vital part of understanding and realizing what you want to do, what you are interested in partaking in. Cause the only way you get better at something is by practicing. We know that men want to have far more sexual partners than women do to be good at sex. You have to have a lot of sex and like you're, no one had sex for the 10th time in their life and was good at it. it. It didn't exist. It takes a lot of work, but women don't want to have very many sexual partners and women have a much more emotional connection to their private parts and to who they allow inside of that, I guess, for lack of better terminology. Whereas like men were just kind of creaturing around the world trying to like practice it's literally ingrained inside of us that we want to spread our seed to as many people as possible i think pornography is really one of the worst things you can do for your sex life for your sex expectations and for your own mental health for your own self-esteem as a man i think it's the weakest thing that you can do justin i'll let you take it from there what do you think about that i agree bro i mean i i think that a lot of men and women, I think that there's statistics now. I mean, I've seen some crazy videos and just research that women are even more involved in these in these things than men, uh, which is actually fascinating for me to actually accept. But I, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but to, yeah, to add on to what you're sharing, I think pornography, vaping, these things that break down to the unhealthy expression of your desire nature, I feel are actually pulling away from your your life force energy. Our body is made up of prana. It's made up of energy, the same light that the sun emanates. And it's, it's limited to some degree. So if you're wasting your energy or leaking your energy on these uncontrollable desires, we all have desire nature. I'm not here to say that this desire nature should be um, unexpressed because that will lead also to disease if you don't express yourself in many ways. This is, this is the biology and the anatomy of who we are as human beings. But ultimately, I've found that if, you're, if you find a practice and or you have a level of discipline inside of yourself as a man and a woman to direct that energy towards worthy ideals rather than porn, um, rather than scrolling on social media, eating shit food, getting lost in the media. Uh, if you're able to control that energy and, and direct it towards higher ideals like goals, aspiration, dreams, um, you know, working with your own bodily energy and, and bringing it higher and higher up more towards your, your heart and your brain then eventually those things begin to fall away. And I think that that requires a level of deep courage and dedication and devotion and discipline to be able to undetach or unattach from your desire nature. You know, to be present of your de desire nature, which are these animalistic parts of ourselves, like the lizard or the snake has no clue what it's doing. It just knows to strike and to, 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 to continue to do what it's doing. We, we're, we're part animal. We're part human and then we're part of spiritual awareness as my teacher once taught me. Part animal, part human, and then part of, part of spiritual awareness. 
If you're able to become aware of your animalistic natures or your desires, then you will enter into your humanness, which is this, this level of connection. If you become aware of your humanness, then you're able to enter into a deeper spiritual nature. And that's kind of almost becoming separate from the body. You are a spiritual being having a human experience, not a human being having a spiritual experience. And when you enter into that level of heightened awareness and you're able to become aware of your desires or your actions, and then you're able to choose them consciously to direct them towards more worthy ideals like a, a, a career, a purpose, a relationship, a family, um, and, and I just find that individuals that are still stuck in, stuck in that loop still find it hard to um, transcend and or accept and or evolve beyond the animalistic desires that are inside of them. I find that a lot of men struggle with that. I've spoken to men that are just purely animalistic. They still carry forward that, uh, you know, that part of our anatomy that you mentioned just to spread the seed. I actually feel as if in the next hundreds of years, that part of our anatomy is going to slowly dissipate and we're going to begin to connect at deeper and deeper levels beyond just that that desire uh i'm speaking future tense we're not quite there yet but you know i'm a lover of of, uh, of being a visionary on, uh, for the future future human being which is where we're going there's something powerful to be said about that though because if you look back even 20 30 40 years honestly even 10 years people weren't very spiritually awakened and didn't really want to be very spiritually awakened. So obviously there's going to be a change that occurs over time through that continually to be reinforced in humans. We're, we're so dynamic in the way that we're able to just be so malleable to change. There's more uh, emotional intelligence now than ever. So it makes sense that it's tracking that direction. Justin, if you're someone who struggles with controlling your sexual desires, I'm assuming it's different, whether it be based off of like a porn addiction versus like an actual having sex with a, a partner addiction. What's an actionable step that we might be able to take to get in the right direction to better control those desires? Actually, I, I, I want to strip that down further. Pornography. I think it's rather easy to decipher if you have an addiction to it or not. How can you decide if you're having too much sex? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded like that was a personal question, huh? <laughs> I'm a little, I'm, my, my cheeks are a little bit rosy right now. I'm not sure why. You can't. <laughs> Uh, it's too funny, bro. I, I love the trick. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, it's good. Oh, it's God. good stuff. You know, I, I'll I'll say this. You know, I don't think I'm I'm so happy you made the distinction from pornography, which I would I would put in the category of unhealthy. I'm not. I know a lot of people hear what I say and think that I'm just this. Um, um, conservative, right? Like I, I think sexual energy and sexual exchange with the right partner can be very sacred. You know, like when you, when you break down sex, you can say that it's a sec sacred energy exchange, right? Sex, sacred energy exchange. So you guys are like dancing that. with each other's energies when you're penetrating each other in many ways. So I've personally been celibate for the last five years, um, wow. very consciously, very intentionally, um, and I feel like that has led to my spiritual development. I would not 
in influence or encourage anyone to get on that path. I don't think it's, it's the right way. I'm not trying to be a purist in any way, shape or form with me saying that I'm not even trying to pat myself on the back in any way, shape or form. But, uh, I, th- I think it comes down to everyone's personal journey and personal path. You know, I think we all know and we're all conscious of when we're exuding an aspect of unhealthiness inside of anything. It's the same thing with me. Like, dude, I love my cookies. I love my desserts. Uh, but I'm conscious of when I put that cake in my mouth. I'm actually enjoying it. I'm not eating cake every day. I'm not eating cookies every day. I'm not eating donuts every day. It's the same thing with sex. You know, it's, it's the same thing with desires. Are you actually in control of it or is it in control of you? And for many years, sex was in control of me. My, my desire nature to eat and my unhealthy uh, connection with food was in control of me. I would eat because I was going through specific things emotionally that I was unaware of. So it again, all comes back down to that level of awareness. Now, a practical practice that men and men can use specifically that I've been taught from other teachers is when you're scrolling through social media or when you're out on a walk in Austin and you see these beautiful women and they're running and you just get that sexual urge or that, that, um, I, yeah, it's, it's anatomy. It's, it's a, it's a, it turns on inside of you. It's, you can't deny those things, but if you're able to So just try this out, you know, the next time you feel that urge and when you're looking at a woman in the gym or you're, you're in that position, become aware of your genitals in that area and take a full deep breath and take a few, few of those deep breaths and notice how all of your energy is in that area. If you're able to consciously become aware of that energy, because energy is, is simply energy in motion. Emotion is simply energy in motion and the emotions getting stuck in the genitals. If you're able to become conscious and aware of your breath to the degree that you feel that energy there and you're able to consciously move that energy because energy is malleable and it can be moved and you're able to move that from the belly into the chest, into the brain, then you become a, a Jedi in some ways of sexual energy. And you will notice, I promise you, if, you know, message me or message Justin. If you do this practice next time this happens, you will begin to feel that energy moving into the heart and the brain. And don't be surprised if you begin to feel some chills in your body because you're manipulating the energy to go to a different part of your, uh, your body, you know, spiritually, physically. And that's a practical practice that men can use when they're in scenarios like that. If they're getting caught up in their, their desire nature, which is not negative again, it's just, trust me, you'll, you, you will not go back to the way of living once you understand that you have that level of power inside of you that can be directed into other directions rather than just sex, which is just one part of our life. I look forward to trying this out. Me and my genitalia are about to become much more close than I thought we already were after this conversation. Celibate for five years. Talk a little bit about your relationship with self and sacrifice from when you made that decision. Of course, the first few months, I'm assuming were very difficult, but I would also like to hear an updated of like, how are you now? Like, how are you with your sexual energy? How do you get that out of you now? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, in the beginning, I'll be honest with you, I, I had no other choice and it felt like that, meaning that my desire, there, there's this spiritual understanding in many different spiritual cultures and tribes that there's this, there's this term called sublimation and sublimation is this sublimating of the sexual desires and desire for food, desire for success, desire for outwardly fame and power that begins to occur, it's, it's almost a steaming process. It's when fire and water, water begin to merge, the masculine and the feminine. And I feel like anyone that's on a real spiritual path begins to see that the sublimation of their desires naturally um, dissipates into thin air. 
uh, quite literally, if you're, if you're following me. So I felt like what was happening to me, I had no control over, meaning that like it felt like God was moving inside of me or, or life was moving inside of me, directing me towards this path. Um, and I really credit those times for the spiritual development and the, my life development, my personal development that I feel personally, and I know that this may sound egotistical, but the rapidness of what I was able to climb as far as this ladder uh, that I feel to be true inside of my heart, and I mean this humbly, I feel like was in direct connection to that ability to be in control of my desire nature. And naturally, the, that that energy and desire began to sublimate inside of me. I felt it in, in many ways. It's, it's the equivalent of the Kundalini sort of rising inside of you, you know, the Kundalini being this energy that's coiled inside of the base of your spine at the, at the place of your perineum that then naturally rises to the, to the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's naturally what begins to occur when you work with that energy. That's that practice that I just mentioned to you. That's been sacred and, and uh, kept secret for those that were ready to work with, because when you understand to work with that snake energy, which is the desire, just, you know, the snake is just desire. It has no clue. It just, mm -hmm. it just reacts. It has no brain. It has no brain. That's us in many ways when we're stuck in our desire nature. We just react. We just fuck. We just reproduce. That's all we know. But I'm telling you, we have a different awareness. And, and when you're able to connect with yourself and actually do that work inside of you, there's a way to raise that energy, which is what all the yogic traditions, what all of these spiritual teachers were trying to teach people to raise that energy up and, and, and allow it to come into to the higher natures. Right. This is spoken in Christianity. This is littered throughout all texts when you have the eyes to see and ears to hear so anyways i went too deep what was what was the question again <laughs> no i thought that was absolutely fantastic i thought that was um really good your your relationship now with that sacrifice which i think you covered quite well you feel very in control you feel like your energy can go multiple other places yeah for sure i mean i will be honest with you i feel where i'm at now I'm more open to the exploration of entering into a sacred partnership with a woman. Um, and, and, and I'm in an interesting position right now where I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing that to emerge, but also exploring it, right? Feminine meaning allowing and masculine meaning I'm actively exploring. Um, I'd say I'd probably, I'm probably more allowing in this moment because my main focus on my masculine is my, my purpose and sharing the word and in, inspiring people, so on and so forth. That's where my energy is right now. And it's been there for five years plus years. Um, but I'd be more open to the exploration of that with an actual physical partner now more than ever before. If you would have talked to me uh, two years ago, it would be complete opposite. I would have shared wow. that my main focus is what I'm doing and in my expression to the world and my creation to the world. Uh, but I feel like I'm more ready now more than ever to explore that inside of a sacred partnership. And I actually feel like that will illuminate a lot of things for me uh, that I probably haven't had access to that can only be accessed through a woman in my life. What would be different, hypothetically speaking, if you had never gone celibate in your today life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of energy that goes into sex and the desire of sex. And I can imagine cutting that out would be an absolutely just that would funnel a lot of energy that can go into a ton of different places. Uh, we've been talking about desires. What advice do you have for couples facing differences in sexual desires? Um, how can they work towards satisfying and fulfilling compromises if 
communication, assuming, clearly hasn't been there. And that's why they're at this crossroads. Yes. I'm so happy that you said communication because I think that that's at the forefront of failed relationships. Anytime I work with couples or a male and a female separately and, and they come to me for coaching or just advice, it's communication and understanding each other and communicating your needs that ultimately fails inside of a relationship. And that means in the bedrooms, that means in their life, that means in the raising of their children. And it doesn't mean that you have to come to this uh, you know, like kind of mutual, neutral understanding or acceptance of each other's beliefs. I think we can have our own beliefs and then, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. But I feel like for a man, it's beginning to become in tune with your emotions and your breath and your body and your presence so that then you can begin to tune to your, your woman's needs and what she's speaking of. And when you're able to be present with her, then she naturally surrenders. It doesn't mean that you become weak or you falter to her direction. Um, in fact, it just means that you're, you're like a rock inside of a storm. You're just so present. And this isn't, you can't fake this stuff. I've had men, I've had women come to me and say like, Hey, like, you know, he thinks he's doing this, but I can tell he's just listening to me just to listen to me. Like that can't be faked, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. But you know, that, that you're like a rock for her. And I feel like you touched on something on the woman's side. It's like, Ultimately, a man just wants to feel supported, nourished, and respected inside of everything that he does. And that doesn't, and this is where things get tricky as well, because a woman's tendency is to challenge you. And the dark side of the feminine that doesn't get talked about a lot is women are there to mirror your weakness. She knows where you're weak, and she will intentionally go there to illuminate that pattern. And if you're not able to hold her inside of that reaction, and or hold yourself inside of the reaction of her sharing that with you, then you're also a weak man. And you haven't, you haven't cultivated that level of connection with yourself because you're still allowing her to sway you off of that rock that you should be. She's just testing you, you know, she's just testing you. So this is, and, and I think that women uh, manipulate what I'm sharing as well in an unhealthy way, which it's hard to, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's relationship by relationship and people can, negatively influence both of those things in many different ways. But when it's true, it's true. So I would say that a man's level of presence determines the quality of a relationship. And then a woman's level of being able to respect and understand and hear out and support a man. Uh, I think that that's, that's ultimately what we, what we both seek. There's a framework that I abide by that I would love to share with you and maybe the podcast, I think it could help people and I love your feedback on it. After you engage in sex with somebody, obviously emotions are the highest thereafter. Also the connection is the highest thereafter. I'm huge on communicating like as soon as something is for sure happening, like outside of sex, like just in any relationship in life, like, Hey, something's going on. Let's address it head on. There is a safe space that can be very easily cultivated after having sex for you to bring up anything you want to bring up. And this safe space is cultivated by highlighting two or three or four things that you love that your partner did, allowing them to respond to that, and then allowing yourself to sit there with them and be like, I want to try something different if you would be open to it as it pertains to 
fill in the blank. If they're not open to it, then that's okay. They're allowed to like not be, and that they're allowed to have their boundaries, their safety, their comfort. Not everyone's open to sexual feedback, but like I've never been told no. And in that point, you can share where things are right now and where you would like them to maybe go. I have found personally, you need to have a solution to the problem. So if you're like, hey, uh, I don't like how you sucked my dick. That gave us nothing. That is now you're like, you're probably never going to have sex with that person again. (laughs) Like that just sent us back into the stone age. There needs to be a solution that is presented. And I, I think it's a great and safe space to do it like immediately thereafter. What do you think about that? Is that applicable to, to most relationships? Yeah. I've ne- I mean, I've never heard that personally. And, and I think it could be a definitely a great space to be able to communicate that. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never, I've never experienced that personally. So I wouldn't be able to speak yeah. on it, but I think that that's a great I- idea. I, I, I also have a history of over-communicating, which is why I wanted to share because you could have been like, yeah, I, honestly, I'm not sure. I, it's worked well just yeah. for me and my communication style. Maybe this isn't uh, applicable to other people. Um, I just think there's a certain comfort. There's a certain level of open communication that can be done there. Justin, the last item I want to chat on today Maintaining passion in long-term relationships, man, it can be really, really, really challenging. And you're sitting there, you're listening to the podcast, driving home from work, about to see your partner for the first time today. And you're, you're hoping that they're not going to engage in sex with you because you're just bored of it. What do we do to fix this? Yeah, that's a great question, bro. I mean, I've, I've never been in an extreme long-term relationship, so that's just kind of a, a, a yeah, like a thread that I would share out there. But from the research that I've had dealing with people in the same scenario, I find that if you're not able to continue to, there's actually this insight that came through for me yesterday on a walk for some reason. I don't even know why it came through for me, but if you're not able to consistently date your partner, then there's something wrong. You know, and that goes vice, that goes both ways, even though I do feel like that does land on a masculine's um, role to continue to date that individual, you know, and to continue to fall in love again in every moment. And I think that that's an actual art that can be cultivated. And it comes back down to having your heart open. You know, if you're, if you have your heart open, it's the same. It's the same essence that I do when I enter into an event with other people. I have to continue to fall in love with the individuals that are in front of me or else I'll lose the reason why I'm doing it. You know, that's the equivalent to me in a a way. So hopefully that's a good example because if I don't continue to fall in love with the reason that I do this, similar to you doing your podcast, it's like if you were to come on here and you weren't in love with what you're doing, it'd be boring. that, That essence would be emanating from you. And I think the same thing can be true inside of a partnership. It's like, what lo- what are you in love with about your partner? Why did you actually get attracted to them in the first place? And how can you continue to spice up that, whether it's taking her on a date, whether it's um, bringing her flowers, whether it's courting her by opening the door, whether it's, you know, there's, there's, there's these many different practical things that I think people can implement and integrate. And I think it's worth noting that I think people are in relationships that have an expiration date that have been needing to be uh, revealed for a long time. So don't be afraid to also open the communication for a potential 
uh, breakup. You know, I think a lot of people are in relationships that shouldn't be in relationships in general because of the foundation that it started upon. And if your man or woman is not open to communicate, to resolve what's there and what's present, then it may be time to take actions necessary to, uh, whether that is a breakup, whether that is open communication. And if those things don't work, I just feel like more relationships are going to unfortunately slash fortunately have to burn and purify for that individual to step into that next season of their life, you know, in many ways. Beautiful. This next part's for the listeners very quickly. If you loved this episode, if you could do me a huge favor and scroll to the top of the page and leave me a five-star rating, that would be extremely helpful. We're trying to get to a thousand on Apple Podcasts and we're really close. Now, if you really feel transformed by this episode with Justin and you shared on your Instagram and you tagged us in it, that would make us both even happier because Justin has an amazing offering with the Freedom Experience that I want you to give us little 20, 30 second clip on, uh, because there's a lot of people are going to love this podcast. So now they're going to want more of your impact. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. I'm I'm constantly evolving my offers. The freedom experience is actually an in-person event that I have in Southern California. It merges breath, sound, and many other transformative tools, but I'm actually working on a men's group right now. I'm working on a women's group. I do free online breathwork sessions, which is a great opportunity to have the direct experience into what we're expressing here in many ways. And uh, really experience an individual awakening, which is why I love breathwork. And um, yeah, connect with me on Instagram. I think that that's the best way to just stay tuned and connected to my messages and everything that I do. You say you have a men's group you're working on. Keep me in mind. I would love to be part of something like that, especially with you. It was absolutely fascinating getting your insight. You're a genius in your field and you're still young and and just improving. I'm excited to see uh, where things go from here, Justin, but I know you're very busy. So thank you so much for your time today and coming on the Grow or Die podcast. Thank you, brother. Dude, you're amazing at what you do. And I hope that this continues to flourish because you can tell that you're very passionate and fired up about subjects like this and it exudes inside of everything that you do. So may this podcast continue to be blessed and and bless those that are ready to hear. That's why I need everyone to go give me a five-star rating and review. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. (laughs) 